wondering if I hurt you. You know, boom, you just deal with it real fast, real yeah. fast. And then these things kind of get processed in real time, which tends to create a lot more trust between partners as well because there's more fluidity and less fear of sharing these things. And when there's less fear, you can share it faster and then you move through it faster. to another episode of Dear Men. Always good when we have a Jason episode. Jason, thank you for being here with us. Hello, hello. Um, so I was going to do a guy talk for this episode, but then I thought you have the strength of four men, and so we would just have you on. Um, no, but I really, I kind of felt like you would be able to articulate like a lot of guys' experience around this issue, and I feel like you're someone who I have a sense is a man who maybe didn't used to drive as much in relationship and now does. And so I, w- I was thinking you would be able to sort of encapsulate that whole journey. No pressure or anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, so this is a follow-up episode for those who are listening to last week's episode, which was Girl Talk, around driving in relationships, men driving in relationships. And just to clarify, we're not talking about driving the car, although I happen to really like it when the man drives the car, um, but sort of taking the lead, taking initiative, um, generating plans bringing up topics of discussion, sort of like driving things forward in a relationship, whatever that looks like. So that's what we mean when we're going to talk about driving. And if you haven't listened to the girl talk, I recommend that you do before this, because I think it's cool, like sort of like watching Jaws 2 before you watch the original. You know totally. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, so before we get into your your uh, journey, I was just curious, like what what did you think about last week's episode? Like what was it like for you to listen to it and what was sort of your impression and kind of your, um, as you were listening, what you thought maybe other men were thinking? Um, well, it's nothing surprised me, I guess. I think partially just because of the work you and I have been doing with the guys we coach and the work I've been doing. You know, I've been in um, an embodied men's training for two years now with my teacher, John Wineland. And so much of what they're talking about is what um, I've been practicing and learning and and receiving from his teachings, which are um, inspired by many, many different teachers, but primarily probably David Data more than any other, who we've talked about before on this podcast. And if guys haven't read his stuff before, um, a lot of it dovetails nicely into this easier, I think, to digest metaphor of driving. Um, But you know, we, you and I talk about a lot teaching guys, uh, creating containers, uh, bringing structure to the relationship and this idea that the masculine is, um, as John puts it, the master of time and space, which is a great way to think of driving is, you know, we, uh, I like to use as a burning man, man, the metaphor of, uh, we build the camp and then the feminine gets to fill it and make it pretty and live in it and actually create energy and bring stuff to it but we're the ones that get out the map and like figure out how to put it together and create the space and I think a lot of the stress I heard and frustration I heard a lot of the women on the girl talk going through was oh my god we do maps all the time 
we're modern women. We yeah. can do this. So it's really nice when the guy just gets out the map and puts the shit together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Was there, when you were listening to it, like, I'm curious, you know, based on where you are now versus where you have been in the past, like, do you think that you, let's say 10 years ago, would have heard the episode differently? Like, how would that experience have been? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think um, particularly early on, I was actually okay with driving in terms of plans for dates. Like, you know, I'm, I've always been a big hiker and just I know the things I like to do. So it's easy for me to lead with those. Uh, what I definitely, you know, painfully learned over the last 10 years that I heard them speaking to was the emotional leadership as well. Um, I, I know you told some powerful stories about that of, you know, sometimes driving doesn't necessarily mean yeah, planning a date and taking somewhere, but Hey, I noticed something about how you're showing up and I'm going to lead us into that conversation. Um, which I definitely did not do in my early dating days. No clue, no capacity. Um, no, not even re any real awareness around it, mostly just avoiding difficult conversations. Yeah. So this is something I wanted to ask you about. Okay. So let's say that you're dating a woman and she is quiet that night, right? So you're hanging out and you kind of sense that something's going on before you are who you are now. Would you would you notice that there was something go off and just not speak to it? Or did you not even notice? Because sometimes I wonder which it is. I know, I would notice, I would say. Um, I would definitely notice. I just didn't always have, I think, a big one for a lot of men. And one I was certainly aware of then was we would notice, but at least tell ourselves we don't have the energy to go there. Mm. right it's the end of the, particularly if you've been dating someone a little while or you've had a long day at work or life's stressful and it's like oh it's the end of the day I get to just relax with my partner we're gonna watch netflix or just hang out any you know feeling the tension there of oh my god another thing to deal with i'm just not going to deal with it so i'm going to ignore it I, th I think that would probably be the most common way and i still respond that way sometimes even with my wife um, of it, it's not, at least with the guys I know and myself, it's, it's not a lack of awareness. It's a lack of doing anything about it. Okay. I'm really glad you spoke to that because I, I, I feel like, um, I feel like that's one of those things that a lot of people are experiencing, but no one is, no one is admitting. And I, and I don't want to make anyone wrong for that because I totally get it. I'm like, Oh God, I can imagine being in the position of being like, I really don't want to have a fight tonight. Like, I just don't have the energy. I don't have the space. Um, but one step removed from that is um, the, the awareness that something's going on and not having the vocabulary or the words to be able to say something about it. Can you talk a little bit about your journey from, like, not even knowing what to say to learning how to say something? Because that's sort of step one. And then step two is, I know how to do it. I just don't feel like doing it. Yeah. Um, I, I would say for me, most of that came from, like everything else, doing work. Um, so doing deep emotional work and doing all the authentic relating work that, uh, you know, you and I on our various paths have been doing for a decade or so now of just learning 
learning structures for language that make it easier to have these conversations and connect like, you know, Hey, I'm noticing this. What's going on for you? Yeah. Like it's stupid simple, but if you don't have the framework for it, which I didn't, you know, there was no, um, my family of origin, no one ever talked about what was actually going on particular or how you were experiencing each other in the moment of like, wow, you know, being here with you, I notice it's, you haven't made much eye contact with me tonight and is everything okay? You know, which now might be a conversation that I have the tools and languaging for, but yeah, that just took, that took true tools, training, practice, um, over and over and over again in the circling work we do, the games nights we do, and all the men's group stuff I've done as well. You know, it's, it's one of the, one of the, again, many reasons I encourage men to be in men's groups because you get to actually cultivate and practice the experience of noticing what it's like to be with someone and then share it with them. And the stakes are much lower in a men's group than when your girlfriend's in a bad mood. Yeah. So, and when you say like what it's like to be with you in the moment, like, um, I'm noticing I'm feeling some tension being, being here with you and I'm wondering what's going on for you. Totally. Okay. Um, I think it's really important to actually give people the words because for me, I know that's a big part of when I get stuck is I don't actually know what to say. Like, what the hell do I actually say to someone when I'm, for example, feeling anxious about something and I haven't worked out the solution? Like, Mm -hmm. that's a big one for me is I'm like, like a lot of times I won't tell a man what's going on because I don't know what the solution is. Like, for example, like I got my feelings hurt by something you said. I don't feel like it's rational like I quote unquote shouldn't have gotten my feelings hurt, but they're hurt. And now I'm acting weird around you and I don't know what to say because I don't know how to say what I just said of like, I feel like I, you know, my feelings got hurt and I don't think that they should have, but they did. And now I don't really want to see you. Like I feel bad about that. So I don't say anything. So I get weird and I like withdraw. And then in my experience, most of the time, the man doesn't, do anything. Yeah. He just sort of lets me withdraw and then we're sort of in a stalemate. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering like in that situation, like what would you say to her? Like it, it, yeah. In that scenario. And let's say in the scenario that you're not together yet, you're dating. Have you had that? Have you, I'm curious if you had that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Violet and I am sure had that particularly early on. Or, you know, notice, I would maybe notice things or she'd feel a little disconnected. Or sometimes I'd be the one a little disconnected. Um, in terms of specific words, you know, it's the idea of a, which almost all group work has is just a check-in. Hey, can we do a little check-in? Just what what's going on for you right now? Like as simple as that. And would you call her or would you text her or what would you do for that? Um, I certainly prefer that stuff in person, <laughs> personally. Um, you know, sometimes I would notice things were off in text and I would know I would not want to have that conversation over text message because you just lose so much. You lose so much, I think. Um, so yeah, you know, next time we'd see each other having a, having a check-in around that. Um, what would that sound like? Uh, I don't remember the exact, but you know, now, now like, Hey, what's going on for you right now? 
just as simple as that. Yeah. Like what's going on for you right now? Yeah. Um, and being okay with whatever the answer is. I think that's something oftentimes uh, the masculine maybe fears a little bit is, oh my God, what am I going to hear? Yeah. Right. And is it my fault? And will I get, you know, uh, criticized, collapse or criticized and just learning that it's okay. And, and truth be told that oftentimes just creating the space for her to share her feelings, tra- change them. Yeah. It, it often, you know, it's, it, there's much less to do than we think. Like, oh my God, I'm going to have to fix that or solve that. Or it's just like, no, off, a lot of times the feminine just likes to be heard and feel safe doesn't actually expect us to fix anything. And, you know, so much the trouble we get into as men is when we do try to fix it instead of just hearing and being like, okay, wow, I hear you. That sounds really hard. Or I'm, I'm sorry that's happening for you or whatever that might be. Yeah, that's a really good point because I think in the example that I gave of like me withdrawing and like something happened and, you know, I like got my feelings hurt or whatever, like, um, I I'm remembering this one guy. We weren't dating. We were just friends, and I can't remember what happened. But there was we were like in a group, and he said something, and I kind of felt shut down or like kind of disrespected. Actually, like I felt like he was sort of like minimizing what I was talking about or something. And I did that thing that I think so many of us do, where it's like I tried not to let it bother me, right? So I was like, oh, this isn't a big deal. I shouldn't feel um, upset. I shouldn't feel angry. I shouldn't feel hurt. I'll just, you know, pretend like I don't and like hope that that sticks, right? Like, like fake it till you make it. And so I tried that. Didn't work. This was like over the course of an evening. Didn't work. Next day, it's still annoyed. Um, and so I started to withdraw and, um, didn't like just kind of hung out with him less. And, and I don't know whether he could tell that something was, I think he could, I think he could tell that something was going on and I don't think that he knew what to do about it. And I felt kind of helpless or hopeless rather. Like I felt kind of like if this is going to get fixed, it's going to be because I go to him and say something. I don't believe that he will come to me and create a safe space. And So after like two days, I went to him and said, "Um, I've been acting really weird and I wanted to tell you why. And um, here's what happened. I like you said this thing at the party and I got upset and um, like got my feelings hurt and then uh, like just sort of withdrew. And he like his first reaction was like, well, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean it that way. Like he kind of got defensive and I was like, fuck, like this was the whole fucking reason why I didn't speak up in the first goddamn place. Cause I was like, I already felt sensitive about it. Like I already felt vulnerable about like taking it seriously or I don't know, like something about, I felt really vulnerable about what I had gotten upset about. So for him to get defensive was like the worst thing ever, not the worst thing ever, but it was very upsetting. Like, and I really just like retracted in that moment. And then I think he could sense that. And he was like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm glad that you told me. And, you know, like kind of like I could see, I could see how it could come across that way. And I'm sorry. And that helped. But the truth is like, it was actually pretty distressing for me to, to, to bring it up, like to bring it forward was so vulnerable and then to have it not really like received very well. So I just wanted to highlight that point of like, 
a lot. I didn't really need him to do anything. Like I didn't need him to change what he had said or anything like that. I really just needed to say like, you know, what I had to say. And then for him to say, thank you for telling me. Thank you for telling me. Thank you for telling me. Like, I appreciate that you came and told me, like, I really do want to know when something's upsetting. And I could see how that would come across that way to you. Like, that's what we mean when we talk about validating someone's experience is just like, oh, I could see how that would be distressing for you. I could see how that would be upsetting for you. And if you can't summon the I'm sorry, you know what I mean? Like even just that of like, wow, yeah, I could see how from where you are, like that's, mm-hmm. that would be annoying or like that could come across as disrespectful and you'd feel shut down and I'm sorry. Like oh, really? I'm a big fan of adding the I'm sorry. Like to me, I think that's really validating. But even if you can't get to the I'm sorry, just that. And thank you for telling me because guys and girls, like whoever is listening, like so many of us go around with these hidden resentments and these little things that have bothered us that we don't tell the person yeah. because we're so terrified of them getting defensive. So like keep that in mind if someone ever does bring something to you, like don't get defensive. Like try really fucking hard. Like really yeah. try hard. Mm-hmm. And you know, this whole thing about driving like that was a conversation that, you know, I had to bring up. And I felt really hopeless because I really felt like I didn't have a partner in that. I didn't feel like he was going to come to me. And I really don't think I'm wrong. I think it would have just ruined the friendship. Mm -hmm. And it's a really brave thing to do to actually bring it up first. Oh, it's huge. I mean, it's a great, it's a great, um, great act of leadership in the relationship as whoever's holding the masculine, you know, man or woman. Um, And that, yeah, for the, you know, for the feminine to reveal what's going on in their heart is a risky, vulnerable thing. So to always appreciate the reveal, even if it doesn't feel good, I think is, is a a great agreement or culture you can create in the relationship as the masculine creating the container of like, you know, Violet and I have talked about stuff like that before. I'm like, I always want to know whatever it is. If you're mad at me, if you're upset at me, um, you know, if I do something and it hurts you, like I prefer to know. Because uh, I can't change if I don't know or, you know, how I didn't actually impacted you. And it's usually in seeing the impact or feeling the impact that, okay, oh, wow, I don't want to do that again. Mm-hmm. But if she's just kind of, you know, walking around not revealing that, um, it's painful. Uh, so that's one of the things we can definitely take charge around uh, as men is creating that culture of um, better to share, better to reveal. And... And then our practice is not denying, deflecting. <laughs> like I've been just as guilty as that. And early in our relationship, I'd do that all the time of like, oh, but well, you're not understanding this or it doesn't matter. I would never do, you know, but none of that really matters um, in the sense of first just honoring the share of, oh, I, I can, I feel, and I see how much that impacted you. Mm-hmm. And thank you for sharing that. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't want that to be that way again, uh, whatever that might be. Um, that's one of the most powerful ways, you know, you can certainly drive a relationship in this more emotional sense that we were talking about is also just consistently proactively creating the space for check-ins of like, hey, what if, even if you're a Netflix and chill couple, what if every time for five minutes before we Netflix and chill, there's just, hey, let's, let's, I just want to check in. What's been going on for you? What, what are you noticing about us? It does not take long. It really doesn't, especially if you're doing it frequently. 
very short micro things can kind of clear this stuff out really fast, mm. really fast. And then those resentments don't build up mm. in, the, in the same way. Um, I think that's a really powerful way us men can lead. And it takes courage. It takes courage to go in and be ready for whatever might come out of those conversations. But, um, you know, whether it's proactive or whether it's noticing, you know, that she's acting differently or holding her body differently or, there, you know, there's a terseness to the words, whatever it might be. Um, it's also super sexy if you can lead that way as a man because it means you're aware. You know, we talk a lot about in our program, like, masculine is consciousness. It is, it's awareness. And so by noticing that stuff, you're actually demonstrating your consciousness and awareness and who doesn't love that yeah. <laughs> to notice, oh, the person I'm with is actually paying attention. Yeah. I, I just want to emphasize that because like when a man is like, I'm noticing that you're quiet tonight, you know, what's going on for me, I automatically feel better. Like right away I feel better because I feel like I'm being seen and felt and I didn't have to do all the work for that myself. I didn't have to speak to it. Like he noticed on his own, he noticed. And the other part of that is like, you know, I'm, I'm noticing this, you know, I'm feeling this tension or, um, what's going on. Doesn't give her the choice of not responding. It's not, are you okay? Are things okay? Which I suspect sometimes the reason that people ask it that way is because they don't really want to know. Yeah. They want to get the no everything's fine answer. Fix it fast. Yeah, <laughs> fix it quote unquote fix it fast. So um the other thing that I want to just point out here is for me it works really well when the man says I'm noticing I'm feeling some tension or I'm noticing some tension in the space. What's going on? Rather than you seem tense. Mm-hmm. You seem upset. Yeah. Like so just to really drill that in of like, what are you experiencing? What is happening for you? What are you noticing in the space? And speak to that because otherwise I think you can put someone like a woman on the defensive. Totally. You can be projecting. Okay. So I want to go back a little bit because I think it's really true what you said about like, for for a lot of men, it's like, ah, I don't really want to deal with that. Like, I don't really want to know why she's mad. I can kind of feel that she's mad and I don't really want to deal with it. Like what is going on there for the man and for you when you've been in that position, what has helped you kind of like take the risk, take the step, ask the question? Um, I mean, first I would say it, it, it is just energy for, for a lot of us men, emotional work it takes a lot of energy in a way. Uh, and we like to not have to do anything. Right? That's our, our bliss is not having to deal with anything. Um, and it's a different type of engagement that, that, you know, a lot of times we're looking for. And I think, you know, the, the term my teacher, John uses a lot for this is burden. Like most men are working, walking around carrying a lot of burden. Like I feel like they have the whole weight of the world on their shoulders. I have this thing to do and this obligation. These things pile up and they all take so much energy. And then, oh my God, and now I have to go have a a conversation around emotional labor with my partner and hold space. And she might be upset at me. And then I have to, I don't know how to fix it. And I just don't want to do that. Right. I just want to ignore it and 
not be there right now. Mm. I, I would say is one one thing, uh, you know, one version of that that I think a lot of I certainly have experienced in a lot of men that I know have of just not having the energy to go in there and deal with it. Mm. Oh, we'll do. We'll fix it tomorrow. We'll deal with it tomorrow. Um, and you know what I would say has shifted for me around that is. Um, you know, valuing those conversations more for one, just knowing like, okay, those tend to lead to deeper connection in my relationship when I'm just willing to go in there uh, without an agenda and, you know, Hey, what's going on? Um, like I care about my partner and I want to know and, um, having sat through enough relational moments where I didn't go into those and it kind of creates an icy persistence that like, Builds, I think. I think that's part of the thing. Um, and it's much easier to, I think part of what's shifted for me is rather than having these big explosive conversations where things come to such an intense head that it has to be confronted, which I used, that's kind of how I used to live is just avoid it until I can't. Um, it's much easier to just deal with things on a smaller level, just one by one as things come up proactively doing it. It actually takes less energy in the long run. Okay, let's pause there. It actually takes less energy in the long yeah. run. I just want to like highlight this because I feel like definitely when I've had like something on my heart that I haven't expressed and he isn't asking me and it's getting worse and now we're going to bed and I haven't expressed it and now we're getting up the next day. Now it's been the weekend. Yeah. I feel way worse on Sunday than I did on Friday. Totally. I feel like shit. I feel not noticed. I don't feel cared about. I feel more angry. I feel more resentful. I feel more brittle. I feel angry. I just, I'm pissed and really sad and anxious and very much thinking about leaving the relationship mm-hmm. um, versus the, versus this, what you're talking about. And it sort of reminds me of, bear with me, this is going to be a really strange metaphor, but my housemates are going to get it if any of you are listening. Our freezer sucks. And so it like constantly, like <laughs> the condensation from our fridge drips down into our freezer, which is on the bottom of our, the way ours is constructed. And so it builds up ice. And the longer we wait, <laughs> like, yeah. the worse it is. You can't even open the fridge, uh, the door of the freezer because it's iced shut versus if we kind of clear it out like every other week, yeah. like clear out the icicles, it doesn't get that bad. It's and it, it's a lot easier. And so it's an illusion that avoiding the conversation will be less energy. It's an totally. illusion. It's an illusion. It's not actually the case. Yeah. It's easier to do it as you go along than waiting for this big explosion. Absolutely. Yeah, it becomes more of a real-time thing. Just, hey, I noticed that when I said that. Um, it, you know, I, I noticed you tighten up on wondering if I hurt you, you know, boom, you just deal with it real fast, real yeah. fast. And then these things kind of get processed in real time, which tends to create a lot more trust between partners as well, because there's more fluidity and less fear of sharing these things. And when there's less fear, you can share it faster and then you move through it faster. Yeah. I'm wondering if you can, cause this is something I've been wondering, like as a woman, like when, like, let's say with that example where like I shared the thing and he got, he got defensive, like I felt like I wanted to die and I felt like I was like shrinking and I just like wanted to die. Like what is a skillful way to like deal with this defensiveness 
on the feminine side? Like, what's a skillful way to do it? Because it seems really, really fucking common. Am I wrong? Like, it seems really yeah, common. Yeah, I think it's, it's pretty, pretty it's common. It's pretty common. <laughs> yeah. So what's, like, a skillful way? Like, for you, if you think back to times that you did get defensive, like, what's, like, a skillful way for the woman to respond? Or is it just a matter of the man learning to not do that? Uh, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's a lot of training on our part um, more than anything else. Uh, you know, it, having some shared agreements might be good, like which you can lead at, lead around as a man of, hey, you know, if we're, we're dating now or we're in a relationship and I'd like to talk for us to talk about like what are kind of our road rules for engagement. You know, as simple as that. Of you mean like how are we going to talk about conflict in a way that how works do we for talk about us? conflict? Okay. You know, um, you know, one of the phrases I like is just agreeing to not make each other wrong. Which right? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I have a different understanding of what happened, but I can, you know, I get how you could be experiencing that, right? Like, which I, I imagine would have been a different if he had responded like that. It might have felt differently. That like, oh, that's not how I remember it. But wow, I can really see it impacted you, and I'm sorry for that. Thank you for sharing. Um, and that there, whatever those road rules might be, you know, the different guidelines around that. That's one of my favorites, just agreeing to not make each other wrong. Mm. And I think for a lot of us men, just not, not trying to meet feeling with logic, mm. right? Like, oh, well, if you just understood what was happening more, then you wouldn't feel that way, which actually isn't, it's just not how it works. Like it, there's no retroactive a lot of the times. Mm -hmm. It's like the feelings there yeah. and until it's acknowledged, it doesn't really move yeah. or, or go away. So for a lot of men, just totally honoring the feeling and knowing that actually that's all you really have to do is honoring whatever she's feeling. And then oftentimes that's enough. Like, Oh, okay, great. Now yeah. we can, move from there and we're kind of on the same team again. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily have any tips I would yeah. say for the feminine in terms of revealing that other than, um, err on the side of revealing is what I would say. You know, it's one of the reasons I, um, was magnetized to my partner and my wife is she didn't hold back and I encouraged that. And I like that as a man, it makes it easier for me to lead in the relationship. Even when it's upset. Cause that's what I think. Totally. Okay. That's what I think is challenging for a lot of men is like exactly what you said of like, I was hurt by this thing that you said. And I feel like at that point, like they seize up, like they get like their bodies, like contract, like they feel attacked. Yeah. They feel like they're being made wrong. Like you're wrong. You did it wrong. You're doing it wrong. Like you're wrong. You're bad. Like, it's like they hear. We're always going to feel like we're doing it wrong. <laughs> I mean, that's something you can just accept as men, as the masculine is. That's just part of it. it you know, we see things as we're winning or we're losing. Mm. So when we get feedback, oh, fuck, I'm losing. I don't want to be losing. I don't want to be losing. But you just got to let go of that. You just have to let go of, you're never going to get it all right. It's never going to be perfect. And, to, you know, um, in the more David Data sense to just not fear her moods. Like when you can do that or it's like, okay, you're upset with me. Let's just go into that. Bring, you know, bring it on. Tell me what's going on. Like more. Is there more? Is yeah. there more? That's one of the greatest phrases you can learn to say uh, as the masculine to your feminine partner, which comes, I think I learned it from um, Imago. 
but just, okay, she spoke. And then invite more. Is there more? Is there more? And just keep, keep, keep inviting it, keep inviting it, keep inviting it, which just keeps creating more safety and more safety and more safety that, yeah, whatever you share, I'm still going to be here. Yeah. I think that's, if you can hold that energy as the masculine, a lot of feminine partners will just melt. Yeah, right? I really... No matter I wanna, what I'm yeah. sharing with you, you're still here. I want to highlight that melting part because when I imagine... So, like, there's that scenario, right? The Friday to Sunday situation, like something happened. Um, when I imagine... When, when a man brings it up with me, which I honestly can only remember in maybe, let's say, 150 interactions a man doing two times mm-hmm. in my life that I remember the two times that it happened, I felt an enormous sense of relief, an enormous sense of relief. Like maybe I don't have to do everything myself. I feel noticed. I feel seen. And so the feedback that I did give him was better. Mm-hmm. It was better. Like I was in a better place in that instant, like you said, like there's something about when he comes to me, when he's driving the conversation, I feel like my stomach relaxes. I feel more, I feel safer. And so I'm more likely to reveal more because I feel more held. So there's also like a benefit to it. So it's not just like a burden. I mean, I'm sure it feels like a burden, but just, I just want to like bring that up because I think there's a reward that you're going to get. Oh, totally. Uh, Yeah. I mean, your partners, at least in my experience, you know, once you go through that, um, she'll be even more expressive. She'll actually bring more energy to the moment and to the relationship, which is more fun um, and feeds us, you know, in the masculine, we actually get gifted that energy and it's, you know, honestly, it's going to lead to better sex too. She's going to be more in her body. She's going to feel more safe. She's going to feel more expressive. So uh, it serves the relationship on multiple, multiple levels. Mm. Um, and, and like we said, it's just, it's more efficient to kind of handle this stuff as you go and more proactively kind of go into those spaces um, as, uh, as the masculine leader. Mm-hmm. And bringing that to our partner just over and over and over and actually making that be part of the relational dynamic. Just, hey, I want to check in. What's going on for you? You know, sometimes even when maybe there's nothing going on, but just making that part of the practice you can do over and over and over. It's so great. And I know, you know, for Violet and I, we have a scheduled time now every day that I initiated after one of my last retreats. And just knowing we have the time coming up mm-hmm. relaxes her. What it, can you specify what the time is? What do you mean by that? Uh, 30 minutes uh, a night before bed of no technology connection time. Just Sometimes we're just hanging out on the couch. Sometimes we're eye-gazing. Sometimes we're talking. Sometimes giving her foot rub, whatever it might be. Um, but that's a space every day where we can talk about those things. You know, what are, Do we have any tensions going on? Are there any anxieties? Did anything happen for you? Did anything happen for me? What's live for you today? Um, and so that energy is just constantly moving instead mm-hmm. of building up in, in ways that sometimes it would for me too. Um, mm-hmm. So it serves both partners. I, I think it's just, it's one of the greatest things you can, you can lead with as, as a man. Truth be told, this is a skill you'll, <laughs> when you learn the skill, it's going to improve everything in your life because then you're going to notice 
micro things with coworkers and people in friends and whatnot. And you can have those conversations and people are relieved. There's generally almost always a sense of relief once you've just confronted something that both people are feeling, but not wanting to deal with. Yeah. It takes a lot of energy from the relationship, but when you just have a frank conversation and dive in and can lead in that way, um, you'll be trusted by more people. Yeah. Period. Yeah. I think, um, First of all, pro tip, in case anyone missed it, that's pretty brilliant. 30 minutes of technology-free connection time before bed or whatever. I mean, before yeah, bed seems before like a great bed. idea. But, like, just, you know, 30 minutes. Like, that's not the end of the world. Like, that's pretty doable. But just totally. the that. And then also the word that you mentioned I think is really a kind of advanced way of um, talking about conflict because i think the word for me the word conflict brings up a lot of like charge versus like are there any tensions that we need to talk about like tension feels more like doable uh uh temporary like like i hear the word conflict and i think of war which is very binary versus tension which is like oh it's a rubber band there's tension and there's not and then you know it's more fluid i love that yeah it's less you know conflict tends to be one side versus the other whereas tension just exists in a system it's like it's less personal of just hey is there tension in our relationship right now it doesn't mean anyone's doing anything wrong it just mm-hmm. might be some miscommunications or lack of time or whatever that might be so that's definitely a word i've i've really enjoyed yeah and also like appreciations in. could be yeah. in there too like any tensions any appreciations from yeah, the day of like practice. oh man you know like the fact that you went to the store without me asking, I felt so relieved when I got home and there was mm-hmm. food. Like, thank you for that. Because you might have thought it earlier, but like your yeah. partner was on the phone or something happened and you're just like reflecting and like, that feels really good. Like, that's a really nice thing to have, totally. like mm-hmm. like a space, you know, because I think especially these days, it's so easy for us to just fall into our phones all the time and be on them right up until we go to bed. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, yeah. that's a super duper pro tip I, of the 30 minutes. Making pre- making time for the actual relationship and relationship chip that's one of the great that's one way you can drive as as uh, as the masculine is actually create space for genuine relating because uh, it's very easy i know you know i was in relationships before this where it was just more the automatic these are the things we do when we're together and they're very rarely relating yeah or like building you know connection in the relationship um and i think more than ever that's like a challenge because we're never really alone anymore when we have our technology with us. So there's always a little something creeping in or attention a little elsewhere or with the TV or, you know, all the different things. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I told a story last week after the episode that I wanted to just put in here in terms of driving. Um, I'm a big fan of stay at home dates. So not just like we're going out somewhere nice, but like stay at home dates. So I was dating a guy once and he, Um, I only eat happy meat, meaning like uh, humanely raised uh, meat. And he, um, he called me or texted me and was like, Hey, I picked up some happy bacon at the store and some kale. And I looked up a recipe for like this, just this super simple dish. I was thinking we could do that and watch a movie tonight. What do you think? And I was like, so wet. I was like, holly fucking Luya, like, come over. Like, I'm definitely going to have sex with you tonight because I didn't have to think about it. I didn't have to plan it. It wasn't an elaborate thing, but it was like, you looked up a recipe for me? Oh, my God. Like, you picked up the bacon already? Like, and it's happy bacon. Like, I can eat it. Like, you know who I am. And you, I don't know. I was, like, so thrilled with that. 
And there was another time where I was dating a guy and he was like, let's have a like date night come over. I'm not going to tell you what we're going to do. And we just played Scrabble and drank wine. And that was it. But it felt fun because he had an idea and he like drove that, you know, scenario forward. So I just wanted to throw that out there of like, these don't have to be elaborate drives. (laughs) You're driving. You practice. Um, I mean, it's great practice and it's, it's edgy for a lot of men these days to just have a plan and be directive. This is what we're doing for, you know, does that sound good to you? And is that because they're afraid the woman will say like, God, I can't believe you thought of that. That's so stupid. Um, sometimes I think, I mean, I think it comes to energy and burden again as well. If, fuck, I got to make a plan now, right? I just spent all day planning for work and holding, you know, holding space for other people. And here's another thing to do. But like you said, it doesn't have to be an elaborate. It's, you know, it's, there's a, <laughs> there's a, there's a story I've heard that uh, some psychologists did where it's like, you know, the, the paralyzing of, you know, a group of people and you get out on break and it's like, Hey, where do you guys want to go for lunch? And it takes like, nobody will, it's very hard for people to come forward with decisions. And they were like, actually one of the fastest ways to come to decision is just immediately right away, say McDonald's. And then as soon as there's a reference point, people will come in with opinions really fast. And then it's easy to make a decision. So you just like, throw a direction in even if it's not one you you know are ultimately going to do and it starts to move things Hmm. Uh, so for you know a lot of these things in terms of driving it's just like come up with an idea just throw it out there it doesn't have to be the one you even do together yeah like it might just start the ball rolling of like oh yeah no you you know i would love to do something outside actually but i don't feel like a hike you know can we go to a garden or something instead yeah like she'll give you feedback really fast and then you just kind of iterate off that um like so you don't actually have to even plan out all the little details. Just, hey, I was thinking we could do this today, you know? Yeah, go to and the, the other go thing, to I, the beach. The other thing I wanted to shout out was masculine intuition. I feel like there's a myth out there that women, that feminine intuition is stronger than ma- masculine intuition. That has not been true in my experience. What has been true is I feel like a lot of men have the intuition and then they stuff it down or they convince themselves that it's not right for some reason. But like... If you use your intuition about a plan or driving, like it's kind of like they say on the SATs, first thought, best thought. Like mm-hmm. your body came up with it. If it, totally. it like if, if you're if like I don't think that that guy spent a lot of time. I think he was like I feel like bacon. Like what you know what would Mel enjoy that also involves bacon? And then he and he was like yeah. bacon and kale. Like she's healthy. She likes kale. Like I think he just was like following his intuition and it was perfect. Totally. So shout out to you guys. You have strong intuitions. I know you do. Like trust them. Trust them. Follow them. Use them to drive. Yeah. And don't be, don't be afraid. I think that's just sometimes what it comes down to. And one of the grace, best ways to tune into that intuition and just come up with a starter plan, even if it's not the ultimate one, you know, we, I teach guys in the training webinar I do of just like, start with something you want (laughs) that you would enjoy doing. Right. You know, Yeah. Yeah. obviously if you're a world-class mountain climber, and she's never climbed before. You're probably not going to go climb Half Dome, but you can, hey, what would, you know, oh, I'd love to go for a climb today. Okay. Or like, I can create a plan. Hey, like, I like surfing. There's a surf competition in Hermosa next weekend. Do you so want to go? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, for that to work, you have to know what you want as a man and you have to give a shit and have a life. <laughs> That's one of the challenges too yeah. of like having a calendar full of activities and community and knowing what brings you energy and 
how you want to spend your time. Yeah. It's much easier to create plans when you have all that. Yeah. If you're just sitting at home all day on a computer, it's much harder, right? You actually yeah. have to get out in the world and do things and have activities and have community. And then you can invite her into it. Um, yeah. Like most feminine partners I had, most of the time were totally happy to do whatever I was doing because yes. it brought me pleasure. Follow. We want to follow. I was like, oh, he yeah. likes it. That's good enough for me, you know. And then every now and then I'll do something that she super, super likes, um, you know, and intuiting that and feeling that. And just it's a, it's a great place to start. So, you know, when you're making plans, think of like what would bring you energy? What mm-hmm. would you enjoy? Because she's going to s- enjoy spending time with you. When you're energized. When you're energized and doing something you enjoy. If you don't actually, you know, like doing certain things, but, oh, that'd be a cool day, you know, it might not work. Mm -hmm. Um, Do the things you love. Oh, by the way, I also wanted to say this, which I didn't say last time as we wrap up. Um, Even if you don't go on the date, you still get points for suggesting a date. So I had a guy a couple weeks ago (laughs) that was like, "Um, what are you doing Friday I want to go, I want to take you to this jazz place and we can go for sushi beforehand. And I wasn't free, so I couldn't go, but he got so many fucking points for like having an idea. And I was like, I like, I sent him one of those gifs where like the girl is swooning. So like, even if you don't do the plan, like know that you get points for like driving, like just having a, having an idea. Yeah. Putting in the time in the thought, right? I mean, that one of the things I remember you guys mentioned on the episode, you ladies, um, was some of the work that you put in to get ready for a date, right? Just dressing up and getting your body ready and adorning yourself. And, you know, one of the male equivalents to that in terms of how you can reciprocate that energy is taking the time to fucking plan the date. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Just know where you're going, when you're going, which is that same level of intention ahead of time in order to honor your partner, right? She might not necessarily want to put in an hour getting ready, but she's doing it to bring you pleasure. Yeah. Right? A lot of times she wants to feel good, but a lot of times it's also, oh, my God, I want my man to find me sexy tonight, so I'm going to do all these things. So the least you can do is come up with a plan, which is a way to show that you care about her experience. It's that simple. Yeah. If you're showing up without a plan, you're not really showing that much care. Yeah. Even, like, for example, if you're going out and there's – and we're going to start to wrap up – there's – like, I've had guys that I, I thought this was really sexy. They had already looked up a place that would be open after the show or open after the date. Like, oh, I know this ice cream place is open till 12. Oh, I know this bar, you know, this bar has board games and is open till 2 a.m. Like, they had thought of, like, it's going to be around 1045 or 11. Like, what's still going to be open in that area so that we didn't have to do that? Like, that was awesome. Yeah. So just, yeah, that just, like, planning ahead thing. So um, Jason mentioned community. I just wanted to shout out that we run a community. And a, a 10-week boot camp for men called Pillars of Presence. If you're interested in that at all, definitely listen to his talk. It's called? You can uh, go to evolutionary.men slash dear men. And it'll kind of give you the different steps for how you can watch the webinar yeah. and how to talk to but us. But it's a really good talk. I can't What is the title like? Um, uh, it's Beyond the, the, beyond the, nice, the my, nice Guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Even if you don't do the program, like watch this talk. It's yeah. a really good talk. You, you can totally change it. your dating life with just doing yeah. the five steps I totally in it. The five shifts um, will totally change how you're showing up on dates. And we get that feedback all the time for guys. So I just did the five things and I had a great date. Yeah. Um, Evolutionary.men slash 
Dear Men. Uh, Evolutionary.men slash Dear Men. Cool. And yeah, you know, really what it is in, in different ways are a couple of the shifts are very much about different ways to drive. Yeah. Drive emotionally, drive with plans, and drive with desire as well. Because it makes us what? Yep. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Just again, a quick note. If you're interested in the course, you can find it at pleaseherinbed.com, www.pleaseherinbed.com or at my site, melaniecurtain.com under courses and have a very sexy day. <laughs>